It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's see here. Fire protection. Check. Uniforms, mats, and restroom products. Check. First aid cabinets and safety products. Check. Great. So it sounds like we're ready to go. Uh, no. When I said check, I meant we still need to check on all those things. Just call Cintas. They can handle all of it. It's what they do. Okay. Call Cintas. Check. I mean, got it. Oh, I'm ready. Learn how Cintas can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Cintas.com. You are locked on Rams. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What a difference a week makes. Wow. You go from a Monday night and one of the ugliest football games you're ever going to see to a week two win over the Seattle Seahawks. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome to the podcast, Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers. Of course, you can find me on ESPN LA. I'm a host on the Rams postgame show, among other things. So you can go there. You can go to Twitter, at Travis Rogers, so all different ways to get more of my deal, if you will. So we got a lot to get to today. Like I mentioned, it was it was funny. Going into the game, we spent a lot of time talking about how ugly it looked on Monday night in San Francisco, that 28 to nothing loss. The offense looked lost. The defense did not show up until late into the second half, and it looked like the beginning of what could have been a very, very long NFL season. But just, I mean, you turn it around in less than a week later, six days later, in front of 90,000 people in Los Angeles, and it was a... Uh, a remarkable turnaround. They won the game. Now, they won the game 9-3, to so that leaves a lot of questions out there to be sure, but they won the game nonetheless. There, there's a lot to get to, uh, and, and I want to talk about everything that did went the way that I think we were anticipating and hoping. Maybe hoping is a better word than anticipating. What we were hoping was going to happen, and then, of course, some things that did happen that still need to be cleaned up along the way. It was. I want to start with this. I want to, I want to start with the atmosphere in and around the Coliseum because it was really – Remarkable. I've been fortunate enough in 20-plus in years of talk radio and covering sports to have gone and seen a lot of very cool things. And the fact of the matter is, regular season events, you might get a great game every once in a while, but a regular season event rarely has buzz, rarely has some additional little charge to it that you know a playoff game might, a championship game might, or a, a Final Four, a Super Bowl, a heavyweight championship fight, these sorts of things that are just inherently interesting because everything's on the line. The, the second game of the regular season typically doesn't have that, but this, of course, was uh, anything but a, but a typical game. You had the Rams playing in L.A. for the first time in 22 years, playing in the Coliseum for the first time since 1979 as the home team. And it was remarkable, 90,000 people, and it was a perfectly Los Angeles production. I don't mean on Los Angeles Rams. It was an L.A. production. Every There were celebs. LeBron James was in the house. There were all sorts of things going on. You had the Red Hot Chili Peppers do a little concert before the game. And, you know, I'm not a, a music critic per se, but let, let me just say this. I'm sure that there is something somewhere that I care less about than the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just can't think of what it might be. I just don't know. I just their music in general, not really something that I'm passionate about, but that in particular is something that I could have done without. That being said, they put on a show and the ninety thousand people there seemed to love it. You had CeeLo Green come out and sing the national anthem, and I loved, absolutely loved that he decided to steal Homer Simpson's Moo Moo from the episode where he ballooned up to three hundred pounds on purpose just so he could go on disability. So there was a lot going on before the game. And then the game started. And this is where I want to kind of jump in right here and talk about some of the things that went well. Let, let, let's talk about just 
the offense to start with and what was good about the offense. What was good about the offense is that they actually were able to move the ball for the first time in a very long time. In fact, all season long. They went through the first four quarters of the season. Of course, didn't score any points on Monday night. But they came out of the gates, and they started moving the ball pretty effectively. And I think what they did that they didn't do at all in that game one is that they gave Case Keenum a chance to at least look down the field. Look, he's not going to light it up. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Carson Palmer, somebody that's going to drop back and just carve you up. That's not what he does. But you have to... You have to be willing to at least let him take a shot 10, 12, 15 yards down the field, and they finally got around to doing it. Now, he missed a couple of guys. Tavon Austin early, I thought he missed him two different times that would have been big gainers, and he missed him. He's not that quarterback. He's not going to be the guy that is able to to set you up the way that some other guys might be able to do it. But the ball moved. They got up and down the field a little bit. And again, we'll get into all the things that might be – a bit of a red flag, but the ball moved. They put points on the board, only nine, but they put points on the board, and that was certainly good enough to get that first win of the season. I thought the Case Keenum's grade, if you're grading him out, would be somewhere around a C or a C minus. And the only reason that it is isn't lower is because he didn't throw it to the wrong team. I thought that he did a good job of making sure that they ended the ball or they ended each possession with a with a kick, right? A, a punt, a field goal, or a kickoff. That's how you want all of these things. To, to end. So that was a a step forward for Case Keenum, which I think is important. Look, here's here's the fact of the matter. We're not going to talk about Jared Goff today. How about that? That Jared Goff was active. He didn't play, didn't need to. Case Keenum did a good job. So for the first time in maybe since the beginning of this podcast, we're not going to spend any time talking about Jared Goff. I thought that the one thing that the Rams did exceptionally well yesterday, exceptionally well, was get pressure on the quarterback, was dominate up front, was not let the Seattle offense get anything going at all. Of course, they only had the three points, but that was because their front three, it was interesting, you know, you think about them and Greg Williams in that front four that he usually likes to do. He played with three most of the day. He moved Aaron Donald around up and down the line, had him on the end at times, obviously had him over the ball at others, but really got an incredible amount of pressure. Both he and Robert Quinn, Michael Brockers, I thought, played pretty well. William Hayes had a nice game. All of the guys up front put an incredible amount of pressure on Russell Wilson, who was not healthy, obviously. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. But this was an opportunity for them to look like the defense that they're going to have to be if they're going to win games. Look, the Rams are not going to win games 35-32. to 32. The Rams aren't going to win games 25-22. to 22, And they're probably not going to win a bunch of games 15-12. to 12. They're going to win them 13-10, to 10-6. to 6. This is how they're going to win games. And yesterday was the, the winning formula. It was not incredibly inspiring. It was not a great game to watch. It was not a, a real fun game to sit back and, and, and have snacks and drink some beer and enjoy the ball going up and down the field. But the fact of the matter is they won the game. That was absolutely the, the biggest takeaway for me. The defense was good. The offense was human. And I thought that LaMarcus Joyner on defense especially had a very nice game. I thought that Alec Ogletree had a very nice game. I thought that Aaron Donald, well, he didn't hear his name called a lot. He only had two tackles. I thought that he did a good job of occupying a bunch of guys, which meant that some other people had to get in and, and, and deal with him, freeing up some other guys to do some other things. All right. Very quickly, let me remind you to go to Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. He's going to get all your fantasy questions all season long. Of course, you got Locked On the NFL with Matt Williamson as well. And all you NBA guys, you already know this already, but Locked On Lakers with Anthony and Harrison as well. Plus, I know that I mentioned this, but it's important. 
if you are looking to get in touch with men, if you're looking to get in touch between the ages of, say, 18 and 45, if you're looking to get in touch with people that are the decision makers in their household, then this is probably a good place for you to do it. So why don't you reach out to me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. We can find out how you can become a sponsor on the program. And don't forget, each game, Rams game, after the game, ESPN LA 710. You can find me there. And we're doing more Rams talk uh, after each and every game. All right, so let's talk about what did not go particularly well for the Rams this week. And we'll start here. Uh, we'll put Todd Gurley, or I should say, we'll put Case Keenum aside for a second. We'll talk about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was not able to get going again. He had under 50 yards. He really was not, he's a non-factor for the most part. He comes off the field a lot on third down, and I think a lot of Rams fans are like, okay, where's this Todd Gurley guy that we're hearing about? Where's Todd Gurley, the guy that can take over games? He had a couple of nice runs late when they had to put a little more pressure on Keenum, and it freed him up to do some things. But the fact of the matter is we're not going to see Gurley being Gurley until the Rams can prove that they can move the ball through the air, until they can... I don't know, score a touchdown, that you're going to see guys continue to stack it against Todd Gurley because Case Keenum, even though he was better than he was in the opener, still was not shredding guys, and there's no way they're going to let Todd Gurley beat him when Case Keenum is still playing very, very mediocre football. The, the ugly truth of the matter is this. They didn't score a touchdown again. They've played eight quarters of football. They've scored zero touchdowns. They've played eight quarters of football, and they've scored nine points. All right, the offense one and one feels good. One and one going to Tampa, who's coming off of a bad beating at the hands of Arizona, feels pretty good. But the fact of the matter is, they've scored nine points. They still haven't scored any touchdowns, and that offense stalls way, way, way too often. And I, having seen two games now, I think that I'm ready to shift. If I was on a scale of one to a hundred, I was about a fifty. It was about fifty percent on Keenum, about fifty percent on Rob Boris. I'm going to change that to about a 60-40 split at this point and put more of that on the offensive coordinator, Rob Boris. They're going to have to take some shots down the field, and they're going to have to do things different early in drives. You can't go Todd Gurley on first, Todd Gurley on second, put Case Keenum in third and eight and third and nine all game long. He simply can't do it. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to convert third and eight and third and nine night after night, series after series, down after down. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to find a way to get into shorter yardages, and that means opening up the playbook early. That means taking a couple of shots early on first down, on second down, and not just turning around and giving it to Todd Gurley because there's absolutely no way for him to run right now. There's just, there's just no room right there. It just simply wasn't there. So that's got to change. They've got to find a way to get the ball into the end zone. They've got to find a way to score touchdowns. Field goals are not going to do it. I mean, nice to not get shut out again. Certainly nice to win the game. But you are going to have to find a way to get things going. I, they hit Tavon Austin down the field a couple of times. Still nothing big. I don't know what to do with that guy. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan in the sense that for making the amount of money that he makes, he's going to have to make some differences in the game. He's going to have to make some plays, and he just doesn't. He had one opportunity where he was wide open and Keenum missed him. But so what? He's going to have they, they, they saw that bubble screen again. We saw a reverse again. It just doesn't work when there's no threat of anybody going down the field. It all comes back to that, and the Rams continued to struggle with that as well. And then lastly, on something that, you know, the, the hard truth after the, the euphoria of a win wears off is the fact that Russell Wilson was playing on one leg. Have you ever seen Russell Wilson so stagnant in your life, so um, – locked in place he simply could not get going at all Russell Wilson makes plays with his legs not because he's Michael Vick and he's running around like crazy but he also doesn't stand there like 
Dan McGuire used to do in Seattle like a million years ago and take hits, and he took a bunch of hits. He just couldn't move. He had that ankle injury going back to week one against the Dolphins, and, and Russell Wilson simply was not loose, was not ready, could not go. He looked okay early, and as the game went on, just looked more and more statuesque standing back there, and he really could never get anything going. The good news is the Rams win. The good news is they're 1-1. One one. Everybody in the division is 1-1. One one. The Rams are 1-1 one one in their division. They go and they have an opportunity to win a game in Tampa coming up here in week three. And then you come back, you got to play Arizona on the road as well in week four. So the schedule, uh, one coming up that you think is winnable and then probably one on the heels of that that you'd probably be surprised if they were able to, to pull that one out as well. But I think a lot of people would have said the same thing about Seattle, and yet here we are. All right, that's going to do it. That is, that's going to do it. We are off and running into week three of the NFL season. We'll see you tomorrow with more Locked on Rams. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.